0: Welcome to Servium, Latin for, I will serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest. Today we have with us Deacon Chuck Roush. Welcome, Deacon Chuck. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do for a living and which parish that you're assigned to?
1: Well, my name is Deacon Chuck Roush, and I'm with the St. Teresa Parish in North Rapid. I'm one of 12 kids. Grew up in Rapid City, basically. My father moved us here when we were 10, and the following year, it was 1962. My parents sent seven kids into the Our Lady of Perpetual, Help at that time, grade school. We've had a Roush walk in those halls every year since, except for maybe one or two years, so kind of proud of that.
0: I'm not very good and at math, but even I know that that's decades.
1: Yes, that's... 60 years already. Wow. That's (laughs) That's right.
0: That's impressive. Yes.
1: My dad entered into the monument business, and our family business is Lifesong Memorials, and my boys are running that right now, and we also have Moda Stone uh, granite countertops, so we have two businesses running, really. My two sons, Tim and Greg, run those businesses, and I help on occasion.
0: On occasion, when you're not being a deacon.
1: When I'm, yes, I'm supposed to be I'm calling it semi-retired, so let's go with that, okay? <laughs> the diaconate, I felt called to it many, many years before I actually expressed a desire to be a deacon. But the uh, guiding lines that I used was how much time do I have? And raising a family and being busy with the business and so on, I just didn't feel I was uh, capable of actually entering into a, another vocation, actually. So... I put it off until I was about in my mid-early 50s. It occurred to me, you be get in or get out. So uh, that's when I talked to Father George. He was running a deacon program for the diocese then and uh, began the process of becoming a deacon.
0: So when you say that you you didn't feel like you had the time, you were raising a family, you were busy in the family business, not just working for someone else, but right. established family business. What happened that, besides just that call or that pull, that nudge that the Lord was giving you, what changed that made it that you were comfortable then to to move into that? There must have been some prompting, because I know there's men out there right now discerning, should I consider the diaconate? I have young kids. I have a family business. What changed?
1: Well, for me, it was my children were growing up They weren't completely out, but they were to the age where they didn't need to be personally cared for always. You know, they were 12 and 14 and 16 and so on. So that kind of helped me realize, look, you've got more time to turn your attention to other places if you need to or would like to. And so that's when I began to really seriously look at becoming a deacon.
0: Did you feel like it was going to pull you away from the family with them being at those teenage years? Or was that only going to enhance your ability to be the dad and the husband you needed to be.
1: Oh, my anticipation was I'd be spending less time at home, and it's true. Right. You do, but they teach you, and you have to set priorities right. So the diaconate does not replace or take over your family commitments or your commitments to your spouse. So I've tried to live my diaconate life that way, and you know, I've two boys who are still living in town here. Family life is important, so. I haven't made every uh, Christmas concert, but I've uh, I've been around. But you've been available. Try to hang in there and be aware of that, yes. And my wife helps me, too. She says, you know what, you've missed enough of this, so let's go. (laughs) Okay, that's fine.
0: I was just going (laughs) to ask, and I'm I'm sure your wife plays a a really important role in keeping you in the right Right. place at the right time. Yes,
1: very much so, yeah.
0: So an important part of your deacon formation is not just your wife being on board with you becoming a deacon, but your family is along for this journey. Tell me about how your kids, when you approach them or you told them, hey guys, I'm, I'm considering the diaconate," or oh wait, I, I signed up for the diaconate. here's what's going to happen. What, how did that conversation go? What did they think?
1: Well, the main thing to me was have Teresa on board, my wife. And we, uh, that's the vocation, your marriage. So that's vocation number one. And the second vocation, equal, I suppose, is the act, the diaconate. But the children, they don't make decisions for me. <laughs> so
0: Yep, true.
1: So uh, certainly we wanted to consider the fact that we did not want to ignore our children while we're doing the diaconate. And at the same time realizing, you know, they probably would uh, suffer as far as some attention-getting goals, but we were quite sure that they were mature enough to handle that. It wasn't any uh, thing that would hurt them. We told them we're going to be going through the diaconate program. We did not expect any change or reaction in them. They are who they are. We were teaching them to be who we, best we could. And there was never any conversation like, oh, your dad's going to be a deacon, so you have to be nice all the time. And uh, for a couple of them, that was beyond the expectations anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at it, uh, you know, I wish I had done some things different, raising your kids, everybody, every parent mm-hmm. does. Right. Becoming a deacon was not one of them. That was the right thing for me to do, and I think it was a positive effect on our family. Anyone with children out there, I really would be very surprised if the children react in anything less than a positive way. And if they don't, you know, I would consider that and say, now, what's, where's that coming from and why? And be real with it, not like, oh, they direct my life. That's not what the parent's role is. Yeah, you know, if you're going to be, a, consider the diaconate, it's certainly something to think about. But it's your wife who really is your guide, I think, at least was for me.
0: hmm And what a gift, I mean, a grace that your wife is along with you on this path of the diaconate. Yes,
1: well, that was important, too, that she said, I said, I think I want to check out the diaconate, and she was very positive about that, so. That's great. Very nice.
0: That's great. Well, one of the things that you do is you sit on the board for Catholic Social Services. Yes, yes. What a great ministry, first of all. I mean, we can't say enough about what they do for the community and not just the Catholic community, but the community at large. But you were telling me that one of the things you can do is lead prayer at the, that's one of the things you do unless the bishop's there or unless the bishop (laughs) tells you to lead prayer. How does it feel to have the opportunity to lead prayer in front of the bishop? I mean, like, whoa, what pressure can that be?
1: Well, leading prayer isn't so tough, I don't think. Spontaneous prayer, if you're going to be a deacon, you better be able to say a spontaneous prayer, which is not hard. Say what's on your heart for the occasion. But it brings up the question of how about a homily in front of the bishop? And that's a oh, more,
0: I didn't think <laughs> that's about a little that. More, uh, that's a lot of challenging. pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I've never had to do that. But our bishop is a very centered and I just admire him for the challenges he has to handle. He'd give you every break he can. So I wouldn't worry about doing even a homily in front of the bishop. I would
0: Well Bishop Peter, you it. heard it here. He would have Deacon <laughs> Chuck would have no problem doing a homily in front of you next time you need a deacon up there speaking for the church.
1: I hope he gives me a couple hours to prepare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you but just got done anyway. saying he would. He's very good, so I'm yeah. sure he would. Yeah. So the Catholic Social Services Board works firsthand and and in conjunction with the director, Jim Kenyon. What are some of the things that as a board member or the board as a collective, how do you guys work with with Jim to support the community and provide this ministry?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is some of the big social events that we have. Palm Sunday is a big event. The board helps suggest people that would be good guest speakers and They have people there who pursue that. The board also uh, occasionally will help give directions on, uh, is there a ministry that needs attention? Or Jim may bring forward a look. We would like to get into this ministry or that one. And what do you think as board members? Is this a way to pursue this and use our ministry here? That's a big function of the board, I think. And once in a while, Jim is one of the most fired up guys that I know. Once in a while, we have to say, Jim, we wonder if you're not going to be overcommitted if you do this. So uh, we try to watch out for him and uh, be a little bit of a guidance and also uh, reassuring. There's also, it's expected, of course, and I would ask the whole diocese to pray for Catholic social services. And Jim is a very strong Catholic and really kind of leads that way, too. So.
0: Yeah, and that ministry is something that our community needs.
1: Well, definitely, uh he also is very intense about covering all of western South Dakota, the right. whole diocese. It's, not, it's just not just a rapid city right. neighborhood type thing. It's it's out there in the diocese and we're helping everywhere from Lemon down into the Pine Ridge area and all that. So winter even, how to get there and how to hire the proper counselors and so on. And Jim really takes the lead in that, but he certainly he comes in and says, I need your guidance. Right. So it's very nice to right. be able to help that way.
0: And he has a great team working with him does, to execute yes. the board's ideas and his ideas and, and help yes. him achieve the goals that he, he sets for himself and for Catholic Social Services.
1: Right. He does very well that way. And uh, so does the staff. They're always looking for good, qualified counselors. So if you're thinking about going into that field even, he'd be a great guy to interview to see if you're...
0: A good fit for a that. A good fit
1: for that. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: yeah. So and and a beautiful blessing to the community to be able to put yourself in a position to help with those, the needs. But the, the yeah. need is great.
1: Yes, definitely. Through the Catholic Social Services, has come up with some programs that are even uh, being considered for national attention. Other people, other states, other dioceses are very seriously looking at uh, some of the ways that Jim reaches out and counsels and has his counselors reaching out. So we got a very dynamic Catholic Social Services here. My guess would be it'd be one of the best run, best implemented. Catholic social services in the country, I would think.
0: Wow, that's what a gr- what a great blessing for the Diocese
1: of it Rapid is. City. It's a, a supreme blessing for us, yes.
0: Well, I am going to shift gears and talk more about your work as a deacon. Now, one of the things that I have found with the deacons is that they come into the diaconate. Most everybody doesn't want to preach a sermon. You know, that, that's been a clear indicator that, that that's intimidating. But one of the things they find is all of a the sudden they're receiving the graces to do the things that they didn't know they could do before this. How has God worked on your life to help you through this journey of the diaconate?
1: Well, uh, the confidence level is a a big deal, and we're all different. Where I worry about confidence level is, much of it is a face-to-face ministry. You talk about people being scared of homilies. That wasn't my big fear. I did have a fear of that, but it wasn't like I don't want to do a homily. It was How do I prepare a homily so that people will understand it and respond positively to it? And it it was one of the things that, with God's help, I'd be glad to do that. So I would say to anyone who's considering being a deacon, you don't have to have too high of expectations for yourself. And my reaction was that I could help the people because they would look at me and say, he's one of us. That's beautiful. Not some super, uh, I don't have master's degrees at all. I'm uh, just a regular guy who had a small business and uh, wanted to serve God and uh, help his neighbor. I haven't uh, set any records that way, but uh, I've done what I can. I think I've had a positive influence, so... And that's what people like, actually, I think. That's what I would be looking for, someone I can sit down and have coffee with, and I love doing that. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that was a big part. It was a big part of the call, actually, was to be able to just say, look, I'm a Catholic, you're a Catholic. I'm just a regular guy out here. You're a regular person out here. Together, we can make a big difference. Right. So,
0: so what has been the most surprising part of your journey through the diaconate and now serving Western South Dakota, the Diocese of Rapid City.
1: What's strange. One thing as I was becoming a deacon that hit me one day that I can bless the people and give that blessing, that kind of really hit me. So to see and have people come up and say, would you bless this rosary for me? It was a gift from somebody. It's a small thing, but it has to be a priest or a deacon to put the church's right. blessing on something right. so so all of a sudden it becomes important right you realize this is my role and this kind of wakes you up but well, you are the church and so is that person getting the rosary blessed. so right it's a real sort of all of a sudden your team leader a little bit
0: right a regular so, guy who has yeah. a mission right so You've been giving advice throughout our interview to someone considering the diaconate. But do you have any other final advice for someone who's, you know, maybe has that calling been placed on their heart, or maybe there's that gentle nudge drawing them to consider this? Is there any words of wisdom for them?
1: Uh, my words of wisdom would be to talk to somebody who can help you discern that. Uh, why do you have to do this all by yourself? You don't. And it's not expected. And if you get in the program, they won't let you. (laughs) You're going to be in there. So practice that right away. (laughs) Yeah, so go find out. Yeah, talk.
0: Before we go, will you give us your blessing?
1: Sure. (laughs) The Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And help you walk forward in, in confidence and faith. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Deacon Chuck, for being with us today. Thank you for your words of wisdom and for being that everyday guy just serving the church.
1: Thanks. And it uh, went a lot quicker than I thought it would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Thanks. good for that too. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right.
0: If you feel God might be calling you to become a deacon or simply want more information about the Permanent diaconate. Please call me, Deacon Greg Sass, at the Diocese of Rapid City Chancery Office, 605-343-3541, extension 2228.